This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, March 24th, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. Election days are very likely moments when COVID-19 could spread widely, especially among the likeliest of voters, older Americans. So how best to handle this potential problem? Kentucky is among the states that have delayed primaries. Republican Michael Adams is Kentucky's Secretary of State. We spoke yesterday about some of the technical challenges states are facing in trying to assure a smooth election. You were just elected uh, in November to this uh, office, and immediately this COVID-19 begins spreading across the United States. Uh, You requested that the governor, Andy Bashir delay the election by five weeks. Uh, He granted that request. Well, what does what changes between uh, now and then? Well, the short answer is we'll see. Uh, My rationale for uh, for requesting a five week delay of the election as permitted by law was for, uh, for two reasons. One was to basically give us a reset and allow us to monitor the situation and see if a normal election will work, a normal election being one that's conducted largely in person. Uh, on average, in a Kentucky election, 98% of voters vote on election day, and only 2% vote absentee. So my hope is, as we monitor the situation, the things will get back to normal uh, in advance of June 23rd, our new primary election day. Uh, the other option is uh, this allows us to prepare and take steps in case the situation doesn't resolve itself. Uh, in which case we'll see a more aggressive use of absentee balloting and uh, probably some exercise of our ability to alter procedures for in-person voting uh, under the law. Is there a precedent for this nationally? I know you're a student of elections in in general, but is there any kind of precedent? Do we know what uh, occurred during the Spanish flu pandemic in uh, the U.S. 100 years ago? You know, I I don't know. I'm not aware of any uh, change to the election laws or procedures in 1918 due to the Spanish flu. Uh, The closest uh, I've seen to this historically uh, as a precedent is on 9-11, actually. It was election day in New York City. They were voting in their primary elections for partisan candidates for mayor of New York City to succeed uh, Rudolph Giuliani. And voting had already begun uh, a couple hours or so before the planes started hitting. So uh, fortunately, New York ordinance allowed the delay of the election, which was then taken. Uh, they voted two weeks later. Now, that's the closest historical precedent that I'm aware of. Uh, but it's also the basis for why Kentucky law was amended after 9-11 to allow the secretary of state and the governor to jointly determine to move the time or place of an election. What are some of the scenarios that you're working on here? Is this entirely up to the legislature? What can the governor do? What can uh, your your office do? So right now, the law allows the governor and me to do one of two things or two of two things, to change the time of an election, which we've done, uh, and to change the place of an election, which we haven't done. Uh, place, of course, is intended to mean a, a physical location not a method. So I don't believe the current law allows the governor or me individually or jointly to dictate that voting take place by absentee ballot, by mail or or otherwise. I think specific legislation would be necessary uh, for that. The legislature adjourns April 15th. uh, So I think it's something that they'll they'll look at. I think they would have to authorize that. I don't think I have the power to waive existing laws on, on our election processes. 
The statute that gives the governor and me emergency powers provides that the State Board of Elections shall create procedures for the delayed election. So they have a bit of flexibility to change the procedures to be followed. I don't believe they have unlimited power at the Board of Elections to completely change, however, our voting model. So that's a legal issue that we have. Another issue is just the logistics of voting by mail. States that have adopted vote by mail have done so over a, a period of time where they transitioned into it. Uh, you got to have scanners available in every county to count all these ballots cast by mail. This is in a state that has a lot of electronic voting machines. They don't have the capacity for uh, scanners. It's not obvious that we can buy enough scanners quickly enough. It's also not obvious that we could buy enough paper ballots quickly enough. Uh, you can imagine the vendors who produce these ballots uh, are facing a lot of unexpected demand from around the country, let alone here. It's also not obvious the post office will be open. Uh, we're planning for a worst case scenario that could include that the mail isn't, isn't running. Uh, so that doesn't mean that we won't do it for certain. It just means that it's not as easy as some would make it out to be. What have you learned from uh, the experience of other states so far? A lot of states have already conducted their uh, primary elections, of course, not with the specter of COVID-19 sort of uh, hanging out there. Um, uh, some states sort of made some late in the game changes to their elections. What have you learned? The biggest lesson was to try to avoid what happened in Ohio. Uh, no disrespect to the officials there. I, I think uh, Circumstances were, were difficult for them. Uh, it was fortunate for Kentucky that we vote late enough in the process uh, in, in mid to late May that we got a little bit more time to prepare than they did. Uh, but the biggest thing I wanted to avoid is confusion. Uh, in Ohio, you had the Secretary of State and the governor on one side and then a judge on the other side about whether a delay would be permitted. And they had to fight it out in court. Uh, people started voting and then suddenly they pulled the plug on the election in the middle of it. That's what we've tried to avoid, first of all, is the uncertainty. Uh, we've also monitored what happened in Illinois and Florida. Uh, for the most part, the elections went on as scheduled, but you had hundreds of poll workers canceling at the last minute. Hard to blame them under the circumstances. You had polling sites that had to close and people that weren't able to vote. Uh, so part of the advantage of adequate time to prepare uh, that we've now granted ourselves is to come up with a better plan and not make a decision under tight pressure. I am an avid reader of both The Onion and The Babylon Bee when it comes to, uh, well, at least 20% of my news comes from those sources. So um, The Babylon Bee says, Donald Trump delays 2020 election for fear of coronavirus. That doesn't seem like a realistic possibility, but whenever you talk about an election day, and some sort of mass event that is disrupting everything, you have to wonder uh, about that. So what are the possible effects that you see, uh, assuming that this coronavirus continues to roll through the population and there are difficulties going on for many, many months uh, on the election of 2020? Well, one nice thing about the primary is it gives us a learning experience to prepare for November. We'll do it however we have to do it, and then we'll see what works and, and what doesn't. Uh, my hope is certainly that this thing will be long gone by November. Uh, but if it's not, then we have to look at our options. I don't think that I have the authority or the governor has the authority to delay a general election. The reason being the state constitution provides that the election shall be the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November. 
the governor and I can suspend a statute if another statute gives us the power to do that, uh, but we don't have the power to suspend the Constitution under any circumstances. So I don't think that you'll see us delay a general election. I think the only scenario where that would happen would be if Congress passed a law moving the federal election. Uh, that they were set by statute, not by uh, by the federal constitution. So that's that's a possibility, but they got to move fast because uh, you've got a new president or an existing president uh, inaugurated on January 20th, and you've got the electoral college meeting in December. So even if you can move it a little bit, you can't move it much. Michael Adams is the Secretary of State for the Commonwealth of Kentucky. We spoke yesterday. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.